The Islanders drop a painful one in overtime and not without controversy. We have our key takeaways from the game and we answer your questions all coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. And don't forget to subscribe on your podcatcher of choice or and or on YouTube so you can get the latest episodes as soon as they drop. We have got a lot to discuss, a lot of controversy, a lot of heartbreak in game two of this series. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, feel free to send us an email. The email address, Islanders at gmail.com and if you leave your name and where you're from first name only where you're from we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind you could also follow the show on twitter at locked on isles and you could follow me gil martin on twitter at ice wars n-y-r-v-s-n-y-i we'll keep you up to date on all the latest islanders news notes and happenings and I am live tweeting during nearly, nearly every Islanders. Well, okay, it's the playoffs. I'm live tweeting during every Islanders home and road game. And uh, join me for some instant insight and analysis. And really, it's always great to interact with Islanders fans game time or anytime. So do reach out and uh, let's uh, talk a little Isles hockey. All right, let's uh, cut to the chase. Islanders fall in overtime. Final score, 4-3. to three. And this one was tough. It was tough for a lot of reasons. And this game was not without its, uh, its benefits or its high points. I mean, the Islanders were down 2 to nothing in this game and still managed to come back, tie it, take the lead. But they couldn't hold it. And they end up falling by that 4-3 to three score. And we'll talk about the controversy at the end and even before the end. But, you know, I, you know me. I don't like to talk about the officiating. It's just not, you know, what I like to do. I theoretically think, yeah, it kind of balances itself out over the course of the game. But... This particular game, well, we'll get to that in our next segment, but the Islanders did a lot of things well, and then the things they didn't do well really came back to bite them and hurt them, and I want to talk a little bit about 
some of those things. Uh, physically, they were on the money. And you go down this uh, roster, Ryan Polak, seven hits. Seven hits for Cal Clutterbuck. Six hits for Matt Martin. The Islanders, as a team, were very, very physical. They out-hit the Carolina Hurricanes, and it did take an effect, have an effect on Carolina. It wore them down as the game went on. I think it's part of the reason the Islanders were able to overcome the early 2-0 deficit and come back and take the lead. So they did that well, and, you know, that was really good to see. Uh, Kyle Palmieri, Brock Nelson, each a goal and an assist, and that was certainly welcome, and Palmieri raising his game. Don't understand why he was the... Islander forward with the third least ice time in this game. I don't get that, uh, but he was. And, you know, Brock Nelson doing his thing a plus two, as was Palmieri in this game, and as was Pierre Engvall, although Engvall did not really uh, play, uh, you know, ha didn't have as big of an impact on the game as his other two typical line mates. How big was it to see Matthew Barzal score a goal? He played 19 minutes and 6 seconds in this game. And, you know, look, is he is he back to vintage Barzy midseason form? No. And he's not going to be. Maybe by game 4, 5, 6, he'll be back if there is, you know, games 5 and 6. But he'll be closer to his form. But that goal coming down the middle, staying to the middle, going toward the net, and then hesitating just enough to use the defenseman as a screen. That was a pretty goal. And I give credit uh, where credit is due in, in that respect. But, you know, those were, those were some of the highlights in this game for the Islanders and the fact that they didn't quit. You know, you're on the road in a playoff game and you give up that second goal, which was the power play goal, which, by the way, power play goals in this series right now, three for Carolina, none for the Islanders. It is a factor in this series and it's something that has hurt the Islanders all year long when you're playing better teams. And Carolina, by the way, second best record in the league. When you're playing better teams, you have much less margin for error. You can't afford to lose the special teams battle by that much. But that second goal, boy, did that hurt. Uh, it, it was officially credited to Stefan Nason, uh, Nason, rather, but we all saw that replay. It went in off Sebastian Ajo's stick. He tried to swat at it, and he deflected it right into the net. Was it intentional? No. In the NHL, they do not officially count own goals like they do in soccer, where if you put the ball into your team's goal, it'll say on the score sheet, own goal by the player on your team. But right now, the Carolina Hurricanes have to be thinking humorously that both their Sebastian Ajo and the Islanders' Sebastian Ajo have scored goals for Carolina in this game. 
I felt for Sebastian Ajo. He played a solid game uh, for the most part. I mean, 19 minutes, 23 seconds of ice time, and he was a plus one. Yeah, he struggles in his own zone. He is not good, but you know, three block shots for Sebastian Ajo, and I will say this about him. He didn't let the own goal bother him. He didn't back down after that. And every time, even though he's small and he has trouble winning one-on-one battles when the other team is forechecking him, he didn't quit. He didn't let it bother him. He kept pressing three block shots for Sebastian Ajo. He is in playoff mode. He tied with Ryan Pollock for the team lead in that category, and I give him credit for that. But, uh, yeah, that own goal, not a very uh, good move. And, and boy, did that end up coming back to bite the Islanders. But there was something else that happened in this game before we even get to the officiating that really did hurt the Islanders. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever, Built. You gotta try this. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, and they come in amazing flavors like peanut butter brownie, churro, and my personal favorite, the cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but not only are the, do these protein bars taste like a candy bar, but listen to the macros. 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar on average per bar, but they pack a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you could still go to Built.com and have a box delivered directly to your home, but you don't need to wait anymore because now you can go over to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and still pick up a box in person. That's right. If you go to Walmart, to the pharmacy section, you can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream or double chocolate or coconut puff. And Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box of brownie batter puff or churro puff. So check out Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can thank me later. So... One thing that really did hurt the Islanders in this game, and it's not something that has hurt this team very often this year. In fact, it is the one thing that has kept the Islanders in all these games that allowed them to reach the playoffs. Ilya Sorokin. Ilya Sorokin, his save percentage, 889. That's not great, but it's not terrible. But he did give up four goals in 36 shots. And I'll be honest with you, at least two of those goals were because he didn't take the proper angle. And if you go back and watch the replays, he was too deep in his net. One of the goals was taken, the tying goal, that was a a shot by Slavin from practically behind the goal line went in off off of Sorokin's head or back shoulder and he just didn't take the right angle the game winner in overtime he was too deep in his net again 
did not take the proper angle and it cost him. The one goal, that the, the own goal, the one that that, uh, that Nason was credited with, you know, he didn't handle that well. He didn't react quickly, but it was completely unexpected. That's a fluke, okay? But the last two goals he gave up, the game tire and the game winner, these were not typical Ilya Sorokin lets these in. To let in one of them is unusual. To let in two, especially in a big playoff game, especially when you're trying to hold a lead, which lasted all of three minutes and one second, or you're trying to win a game in overtime, you can't allow goals like that to get past you. It just, you know, this is when you need your goalie to be the best player on your team. All season long, Ilya Sorokin did that, but not last night in Game 2 against the Carolina Hurricanes, and it did cost the New York Islanders. Got to give a little credit right now to Brent Burns of Carolina. He has four assists in, in two games. Basically, Carolina has scored six goals in this series, and Brent Burns has assisted on four of them. He's 38 years old, but he still is dangerous anytime he touches the puck. And, you know, one big edge that Carolina has on the New York Islanders is the way their defensemen step up into the play and just play at a different level. You've got Slavin and Burns and Brady Shea and Shane Gostisbehere. You know, the Islanders have, at best, two really good mobile defensemen. And when I say good, I mean good at skating with the puck or passing the puck and moving the puck. And those two are both their, you know, their worst uh defensive defenseman out of the regulars in Sebastian Ajo and Noah Dobson. Carolina has four, and they do a better job of moving up and not getting caught up ice than the Islanders do, and that is an advantage that Carolina has in this series, and it's been a difference maker in this series. And the fact that Brent Burns, a veteran who's been through the wars, who's been on some very long playoff runs with San Jose and with Minnesota and now with Carolina, uh, you know, this year, he is still capable of really being a difference maker anytime he has the puck and he always wants the puck. He's great on the power play and the Islanders have to figure out a way to slow him down. Now, when we go to game three Friday night and the Islanders have home ice advantage, they also have the last change. So maybe that can help change things around a little bit for the New York Islanders. And don't forget that, you know, Friday night is that next game for the Islanders, and it's going to be a big one. They are going to need to get that game back. So for Islanders, the Islanders playing game three, Friday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time, catch every minute of this big playoff game at a hometown broadcast on SiriusXM on the SiriusXM app. Just search Islanders. We got to talk about the officiating. I'm sorry it's taken this long, but we do have to discuss it. Power plays in this game. Six for the Carolina Hurricanes. Zero for the New York Islanders. 
And look, you know me, I'm never one to complain about the officials. I'll say there were questionable calls or occasionally or ticky-tack calls occasionally. But I would say for the most part, NHL officials have a very hard job and they do it well. But I, I can't argue with the six calls against the Islanders, including the double minors. Blood was drawn. You, the, the NHL rulebook says even if it's inadvertent, you're responsible for your stick. And the six power plays given up by the Islanders were legit calls, even if they were frustrating. But you can't tell me that there were no penalties against the Carolina Hurricanes in this game. And yeah, I know home ice advantage, the crowd does help make referees more aware of penalties that are against the road team that happen when, you know, when a stick hits a member of the home team in the face, the crowd reacts in a way that brings it to the attention of the official. So I understand there could be a slight edge, but there were some calls that should have gone against Carolina. It, it should never in a game, unless one team is blatantly, blatantly roughing up the other team, it should never be 6 nothing, especially in a playoff game. You could tell me it should, you know, be 4-2 to two in favor of the home team. I don't like it, uh, but I understand it. But 6 nothing, And then, to, to add insult to injury, at the end of the game, clearly, if you look at the replay, and it happened right in front of the linesman, Scott Mayfield takes a stick to the face, and the game-winning goal goes right past where Mayfield is grabbing his face, and Jesper Fast scores. You saw it coming, but had that high-sticking penalty been called, the play is whistled dead. And it really should have been called under those circumstances. So, you know, I, I, I'm not complaining about any of the individual calls. The final power play numbers should never be 6 nothing. I mean, this, the, the Islanders are not the Broad Street bullies, okay? They're not using, uh, you know, rough stuff as a way of intimidating their opponent and figuring the refs won't call at all. This, this is not the 70s Philadelphia Flyers. But boy, oh boy, 6 nothing is inexcusable. And to have the game decided on a play where there's a blatant high stick... And I know linesmen don't typically call penalties, but they can make that call, bring it to the attention of the referee, huddle up, have it go back to, you know, uh, discuss it, and come to the right conclusion. Because it was right in front of the linesman. If you, if, if you watch the replay, the linesman is staring at Mayfield when he takes a stick to the face. So... That was frustrating, and you know, hearing all the Hurricanes fans, and I know fans are not objective, but hearing all the Hurricanes fans after their team was ahead in power play 6 nothing, yelling obscenities at the referees, ref you blank, ref you blank, I mean, come on, you guys had a 6 nothing power play advantage, what else do you want in this game? There was a too many men on the ice penalty that could have been called, wasn't called. The high stick wasn't called. There were a couple of slashes that weren't called. It should never be 6 nothing, And that made it even more frustrating for the New York Islanders. All right, we've got more to get to. We'll have our unsung hero 
and our GOAT of the game. We'll get to that. We'll answer a few of your emails, and we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day. So lots more coming on today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Don't forget... Friday, game three of this series, the Islanders going up against the Carolina Hurricanes. It is now a must win for the Islanders. There's just no way around it. But again, 7 o'clock Eastern time and uh, catch every minute of this game with an Islanders hometown hometown broadcast on SiriusXM on the SiriusXM app. Just search Islanders. All right. Our unsung hero and goat of the game. Well, let's start with the goat and get it over with. I, I hate to do this because I like the kid, but I'm giving it to Samuel Bolduc. He took a double minor penalty. It was a minus one. So in addition to the double minor that ended up cause, costing uh, the Islanders that second goal, the own goal... He only was on the ice for five minutes and eight seconds. And I will say this to Lane Lambert. If you don't have any confidence in Samuel Bolduc, that you're only putting him on the ice for five minutes, that he's benched for the last 15 minutes, roughly, of the second period, all of the third period and into overtime, then whether it's hopefully Alexander Romanov maybe is ready to return for game three, or whether you have to go to Parker Wotherspoon or Robin Sallow, Whatever you have to do, go to the alternative. So I hate to do it. I like Bolduc. I think next year or the year after, he's going to be a quality NHL top six defenseman. It'll probably be a second or third pairing guy, but I think he has a lot of potential. But he, to me, will be the go to the game uh, with, I guess, Ilya Sorokin being a second choice. And if I'm going for the unsung hero, of this game. Uh, I'm going to give it two. And this is, this is uh, uh, you know, not an easy decision. I'm going to give it to Noah Dobson. Yeah, he was sloppy in his own zone at times. But two assists and a plus three. Blocked a shot. Had a takeaway. And officially, no giveaways. So Noah Dobson, the unsung hero of the game. The heroes to me. Brock Nelson and Kyle Palmieri, who had the goal and the assist each. So, we got some questions that came in. This one is from Leslie. He did not say uh, where he is from, but I believe it's New Jersey. Uh, How much of the team's power play ineptness is on Lou Lamorello? 
Lou style of players where uh, they are a bunch of plumbers and there's not enough skaters or speedsters. And to me, that's the cause of why the power play is so bad. This does not work in today's hockey, which requires speed and skating. Leslie, I, I think the lack of talent offensively, the lack of speed, the lack of finishing skills is partially, largely, on Lou Lamorello. I've discussed that in the past. The addition of Bo Horvat was supposed to help, but then he lost Matthew Barzal. But I also think there are other factors at work. This power play is not well coached. It's not well organized. And I, I think that has certainly something to do with why this power play is struggling. Uh, Firebird asks, I'm disappointed with Lou. He hasn't done enough to put a decent offensive team out there at playoff time. Uh, so far, Dormat, I mean Horvat, seems to be disappointing. Is it the closer checking of Eastern Division teams? Well, Firebird, first of all, thanks for the email. And I think, I don't want to say Eastern Division teams. I, I, I do want to say that it has something to do with the fact that the Carolina Hurricanes are one of the better checking teams in the league right now, and they certainly are shutting down the Islanders. But, you know, Bo Horvat, he came up big for Vancouver in the bubble in 2020. He so far has not been productive with the Islanders lately. I think the Islanders' system certainly makes it tougher to score for Horvat and everyone, but yeah, his lack of production in these first two games is certainly disappointing. Time for one more quick one. This one is from John. He says, with how well the Islanders played tonight uh, and they still can't beat the Hurricanes, do you see them winning back at UBS? I feel like they have been jinxed out of this series already with everything that has gone against them. John, thanks for the email. I, I can't say they're jinxed. They certainly can do better. And I think, you know, the old adage is that a playoff series isn't over. You're not in trouble until you lose at home. They need to win both of these games at UBS this weekend, but they're not out of it yet. One other piece of news, Tuvo Teravain and injured in the game, out for the series, broken hand. We certainly wish him a speedy recovery. Don't ever like to see players injured. Quickly, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, we are spot on time for Steve Webb. He is 48 today, the Peterborough, Ontario native, a seventh-round pick of the Sabres back in 1994, but made his NHL debut with the Isles in 96-97, and uh, here's a guy who later played for the Penguins and then... Uh, you know, that was the end of his NHL career. 321 games, 5 goals, 18 points, and yeah, 532 penalty minutes. Webb, a tough guy, very popular with the fans. We go back to October 28, 2001 at the Nassau Coliseum where Webb had uh, the first goal in the Islanders. 3-2 win over the Dallas Stars. Marty Turco was the goalie. And Webb also had two penalty minutes in that game. So quickly, a very happy 48th birthday to a former Islanders winger and tough guy, Steve Webb. He 
is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Wow, uh, we have got a big game coming up on Friday. Again, the game is at 7 o'clock Eastern time, and you can catch every minute of it with an Islanders hometown broadcast on SiriusXM on the SiriusXM app. Just search Islanders. And uh, I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every dayers, and you know who you are, and thank you for being an everydayer. Tomorrow on the show, we will preview the two games coming up this weekend. And please let me know. I'm considering doing a bonus episode on uh, Friday night after the game is over. If you want me to do one, just uh, comment uh, either on YouTube or uh, send an email or on Twitter. So please reach out and let me know. Until then, keep the faith, folks. We can get back into this series. Both games have been one-goal games. Have a great day. Stay safe. And, of course... Let's go Islanders.